0: Hello everybody, welcome. Today we have the pleasure to host a conversation with Angel Preteau, a chat about resilience, trust, and growth with one of our favorite entrepreneurs. Angel is a creator of the French Fluency Accelerator, a language coaching program for people who want to become fluent in French, catered to their needs and learning interests, that has proven major success for Angel's clients around the world, but also uh, for Angel sustainable and sustainable business model. And today, we will be talking about both the impact on his clients and Angel's business as well. Angel, welcome. This is the second time we have you here, and it's a pleasure for us. How have you been?
1: Uh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, I've been, I'm doing great, honestly. It's, it's going really well. And um, yeah, last time we chatted was in 2018, so many things have happened since.
0: That's awesome thank you thank you so much we're really really welcome the, um we want to welcome you and we're really thankful that you're here today that you're safe and that you continue and you pursue to coach your students during these unprecedented times mm-hmm. um, and jill today we'll like to explore a little bit of um why did you choose to have an online business and how has that journey been um how that's a uh, connection with your clients been for you tell us a little bit about um that journey that so, the past few
1: years. That's a story that I haven't really told so much uh, why I have chosen to have an online business because it's a bit of a complex story. So at the time I was living in Berlin, Germany and I have, been, I have lost two, two jobs in six months due to basically uh, discrimination, to put it this way. That was, that's completely illegal, but no one really cares in Germany because people just don't sue each other. And I was basically in a situation where I had decided to start my gender transition.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And when you are uh, undergoing a gender transition, particularly in Europe, where there is not as much conversation about that as in the States, it's a very vulnerable time where you're very unlikely to get a job or to keep a job. And as long as basically you don't have your ID changed to reflect who you actually are, you're in like a weird limbo where you can't really do much and many people just, you know, kind of like wait around and try to survive. And so I was in that situation and it's not even really safe to go out. I mean, I have friends who have been uh, actually physically assaulted. So you're in a situation where you can't go out and you can't uh, get a job mostly, or you can only get really bad jobs that you, w- you wouldn't want to have. And I was also kind of, to be honest, a bit traumatized by having had just these situations in my previous jobs and I didn't even want a job. And it's really interesting for me that now everybody with the, the coronavirus pandemic is in a situation where it is literally not safe too much to go out or some people would even be fined uh, if they go out. It's the case in France. And many people also don't have so much of an option to make an income depending on their jobs. So I feel a bit like a veteran of that because four years ago, I was in that situation where it's a bit of a limbo. You don't know how long it's going to last. I was also in the very weird, uh, special situation that I had been less than a year in Germany, so I had no access to any uh, government money, like unemployment or something like that. Or maybe I could have, but that was an incredible amount of paperwork and dealing with bureaucracy. And I just didn't want to do that. I thought if I have to put in incredible amounts of efforts to even make a living, I might as well build a business. Mm -hmm. And since I was at home all the time and what I had was my computer, That's why I chose to have an online business and I knew it was possible to do that because of italki. That's something we had spoken about in our previous uh, interview, I believe. Uh, Originally I discovered the possibility to teach online because there was this platform called italki, which was quite new at the time and it worked really, really well. I was even making a full-time income at some point from there. Now it doesn't work as well because there has just been more and more teachers and not that many students. And it's just like those platforms are not really a valid option now to make an income. But in the meantime, it has just given me the jump that I needed to even understand that it's a valid career option to have an online business. And so that's how I got started.
0: Was teaching a passion of yours or was this just an avenue for you to start producing some income?
1: No, no, it is definitely a passion of mine. It was my job. Uh, It's the job I've had the longest. I started teaching when I was 19. I'm now 35. So, you know, that's 16 years, over 16 years. And I was actually really sad that I hadn't been able so much to teach in the past years before that happened, in like two or three years, because it's a long, complicated story, but I had moved from France to Austria. And then after a while, I just hadn't been able to make a full-time income teaching in real life. There just wasn't enough um, interest, I guess, for French teaching. Too many French people, not enough students. The usual, you know, like uh, offer and demand thing. And so that's how I ended up working in, the, in tech support, mostly in supporting tech companies. So I started to be, a, I started as a senior support agent, interestingly, and then I became a support manager. Yeah. And that's also what gave me more insights into online things. When I, worked, when I lived in Berlin, I first worked in a startup before I was fired. And that probably gave me the drive to understand that, yes, this is a valid avenue. It's not like the weird, many people think that having an online business is so weird how can you even do that? How do you make money with your computer? Mm-hmm. It's just, it doesn't register for them. But for me, because of having the experience of having worked with italki and also having worked in an internet startup where I knew a bit about marketing, a bit. I, I knew just enough to know that it was a possibility. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I hope that answers your question.
0: <laughs> excellent, that's excellent. How do, you, how do you create that connection with your clients? And we'd like to talk about the vision of your business a little bit more. But before we get there, I'd like to know a little bit of how do you connect with your clients? So, And uh, the beauty of, of having an online business is that you can connect with people all around the world. How, yes. this, how this process has been for you, being at home, um, and you've talked us through, you walked us through your experience of building something that um, allowed you to connect with the external world when you couldn't be outside,
1: mm-hmm. similar
0: to what we're experiencing right yeah. now. So how do you harness that, uh, those conversations? How do you harness those relationships via a computer with people that would like to do business with you?
1: Yeah, that is honestly the hardest, but also the most fascinating part of building an online business is that you have to create that connections somehow with people that are across the world. I don't have a single client who sits in the same country as me. Mm-hmm. All, and, and I don't even have a single client that doesn't have a C between them and me. Mm -hmm. meaning the closest ones are in are in the uk so how do you create that like human connection when you only have a computer and sometimes like right now you and i we're having a human connection because we're having the one-on-one conversation but before you get someone on a call with you where you can even you know start telling them about your program how do you even like connect like how do they even know that you exist and that's like that's the puzzle of the online business if you can do that all the rest is Fairly easy. Well, okay, that's mindset. We can talk about the mindset perhaps later. Um, The mindset is also tricky. But yeah, it's like driving traffic in like the extremely noisy world. How do you do that? And mostly I would do it for social media. So Pinterest has been a very, very good avenue for me. How it works concretely is that I write my blog articles and then uh, I make pins and then I pin them on Pinterest and people are able to see those pins and they're like, oh, that looks interesting. So then they click through it and then they end up on my website. And then they can read a little bit uh, from my advice as a French learning coach. And some of them actually even try to do those things like, oh, it works. And I've had clients like that. Uh, Often they would even opt in for my email list and then I can send them an email every week. And recently I got more into YouTube. I think that there is an extremely steep learning curve for YouTube in particular, just like there was for everything. But YouTube is a bit extreme, but it is extremely valuable. Like if you look at my YouTube channel, it looks pitiful. I have 500 subscribers or so. It's just, the you know, how do you make a full-time living with 500 subscribers? You don't, don't, don't try that. But I do have people, like the last four or five one-on-one clients I have, and those people pay me hundreds of dollars every month. So it's not a small amount of money. Uh, the last few ones that I have had have come to me because they have seen my videos on, on, uh, on YouTube. So, so often they find, even find me on Pinterest first because that's like, I have 7,000 followers on Pinterest. It's just the biggest source of traffic for me. And then they would go to my blog and then they would either see the video on the blog or then through, through my email list uh, on the Facebook page, it also say, thank you. I'm so happy to have you on my email list, basically. Do you know my YouTube channel? And then I send them to there and they can subscribe and find the videos. And that accelerates uh, the connections with people. In the past with using mostly text. it was not rare that it would take a good two years for people to really get to feel that they trust me and know me and then eventually sign up for a class. And even then it would take some videos too. And now I do have people who are like, oh, I've seen this video, which I published like two weeks ago. And it was so great. I think just like that, can I hire you? I'm like, yes. It also makes those sales conversations so easy because people who have followed you on YouTube when they've watched a couple of videos and they see you're coming back every week, they know you're a real person or at least you're not like a giant scam. You know, they've seen you come over and over and then they trust you and that makes the whole selling part a lot easier. I think I still suck at selling. I'm no means a marketer. I try my best to learn marketing as much as I can and I find find it fascinating, but I'm just, I'm not a salesman. Like, no way. I need people to be converted before they show up. Otherwise, they, they won't be converted at all.
0: Right and but you, they are which is great yeah, absolutely If you, you've mentioned two key elements in there um that for 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 who um who's listening and, and either has a, an online business or has been reading studying about online mm-hmm. businesses it's shocking, and the first thing you said is, well, I write about it, but it takes about two years from from the writing yes. content to bring the people down the funnel um. Yep. Because in any if marketing... they come.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, many leave but, and never come back.
0: Absolutely, if they come. So, um, and it's interesting because in any marketing training that you can do, and any single biz- online business course you can make, um, the first marketing advice is write. Have as much content online as you can. And what you're telling us today is that content doesn't necessarily have to be written. That in your case, your report and your connection with clients have been... Um, directly built upon videos and videos that are consistent where people can see that you are actually a person behind a camera mm-hmm. and it's not a scan. So yeah. thank you so much for that insight.
1: I mean, I definitely use both. Yeah. I definitely use a lot of written content. I send an email, at least one email every week. So I do write, uh, but the yeah. thing is that video is easier to establish the connections, almost like seeing a person in real life. While, you know, like in the whole time when people were writing sales letter, that they sent through snail mail, it was a lot harder and it was an incredible skill to be able to make people buy things from the letters that you send them through the post. Yeah. Because you don't have the human connection, it, it takes being really, really good with words. While if you are on video, you don't need to be an extremely good copywriter. It's easy. It's, it's enough that you are human and you know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can connect from your expertise and from your passion. Yeah,
1: yep. absolutely.
0: And let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, You've mentioned before that you're a French coach, not a French teacher. And that is a huge um, change in the sphere of education. Can you please talk a little bit about how, what's the difference between a French coach and a French teacher? And why do you um, chose this approach?
1: So there are two facets to this question. Uh, one facet would be from the point of view of the student and then you have the point of view of the entrepreneur which I would believe you're probably interested in the second facet even though I almost never speak about it so I'm happy to speak about it. Uh, so the first facet from the point of view of the student is really that a coach is someone who helps you through a transformation. Mm-hmm. So a teacher, we all have had teachers like they come and you know they teach and some of them are good some of them are not so good if we are lucky we learn a little bit something. Typically it takes a lot of time and then it's not particularly actionable what you learn unless the teacher is really good or the program is really well made and you know very well suited for you a coach is someone who will take you no matter where you're at find out where you want to be and then will help you walk or you know drive maybe like you can make the metaphor you want but then go through the transformation so for every uh, particularly for my one-on-one clients and then i have the same process in my group program where they can just walk themselves through it I look really carefully where they are and what are their goals. Why do they want to learn French? Because a big issue that you have in most other methods, whether it's like classes or apps or whatever, is that at no point do they ask you, okay, what will it do, when you speak French? What will it look like? Who will you speak to? What kind of situation will you be in? Which which country will you be at home? Is it for your family? Is it for your work? And that makes a huge difference because, like. You can basically, I like to use the 80-20 principle, it's not even a metaphor, it's just this principle. Once you have identified what you want to learn, you can cut off 80% of the work. And it's insane that the other options don't even let you, like they don't even think that they are teaching you things. 80% of what they're teaching you is not relevant. And therefore you waste so much time and many people do just give up because they're like, okay, this brings nothing to my life. If you adopt the coaching approach, you really look at what the person wants to do, and then you create a, a, a curriculum for them, which is what I do, and I have a step by step process to do that, then it makes all the difference. And my, my students report a lot, of, a lot more progress with working with me than they have ever had before. Some people have been trying to learn French for 10 years, and then within a few months of working with me, they make more progress than in those 10 years. Why? Because I put in the intentionality, and that's why that's the basic difference between coaching and teaching just, you know, focusing on the transformation and really getting there as fast as possible and cut all the rest. So that's the point of view of the student. And then the point of view of uh, the entrepreneur is that when you do this, as opposed to teaching online, like so many people try to do, and it's kind of in, insane, especially in the uh, English teaching area. So many people try to teach online either through platforms or through their own websites, but they don't have a process and they make hardly any money. If you do something like I just described with the coaching thing, you will make a lot more money because suddenly people see the value. And honestly, I mean, I'm pretty expensive, I would say, uh, by the hour. I, sometimes when I tell people here how many people pay to work with me, like, you know, how many hours? I'm not, I'm not sure if it's the kind of thing your audience wants to hear, uh, but it's, typically, it's almost $700 a month. And that's four hours of uh, facing time with me because they have access to the program and recordings and whatnot. So it's not like it's, just those four hours. But concretely, by the hour, it's a lot more than any other language right. class you can think of. And when I tell people here that, I actually stopped telling them because it's, their reaction is just a bit disheartening. Like, really, people pay you that kind of money? And yes, they do. And you know, it's not like one or two crazy people. It's enough people that I make a living. And you know, my, my flat is not cheap, so I'm not like, having the smallest living I can. I live in Europe. Uh, also another thing when you teach is that you're you're competing against people in Africa or in Asia who have not the same kind of costs as you so which I mean if you are there then it's fine but I'm not so it's good to find something that actually brings value to people that they're willing to pay for
0: and that's exactly what I wanted to emphasize I, I, I don't think it has to do anything with the amount of money that they pay you for hours the actual result that you can drive people into and yes. you every every month you have uh, more clients coming in this morning, she just got a new client, as you told I me, think. so you're definitely That was in the afternoon something. for
1: me, but yes.
0: <laughs> there you go. So morning. That's what I love about you're the internet.
1: Morning yeah. for you, afternoon for me.
0: Correct. The the beauty of online business, that you can be a different it's time zone. It's the morning for my clients as well,
1: is in the US. So yeah.
0: There you go. So you're definitely doing something uh, that it's working, not only for you, but for your clients. And you're speaking to your audience. Um and mm-hmm. yes. and I online business has been there out there for a while, but the situation we're living in with the uh, changes that COVID 19 has brought to our everyday, um, it's definitely going to increase the amount of online businesses out there. We have, we're seeing in Toronto, for example, many restaurants yes. survive by driving people yes. driving uh, food to people's home that people buy online because we can be gathered in the restaurant. Um, and that's just one of the ways that um, mm-hmm. many businesses have been able to adapt to the new reality. Now, we also know that tons of other entrepreneurs, employees and businesses have been taking a big uh, impact on the financial component that uh, of the changes yes. that COVID-19 have brought in. Um, and you in a way have developed without the need of COVID-19 being there for you, but your context pushed you in a way to figure out how to, how to continue connected to your passion, how to create value yep. for people, how to build your business in a context where it's everything is done online. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, can you please speak a little bit about um, wh- what do you think the success factor will be for um, having an online business that is solid financially, and structurally speaking. And you've talked a little bit about the structure. um, But if you can tell us a little bit of, in your mind and your experience, what are those key success factors that will help other people transition into a more online type of structure and also for our economies to find different ways of continuing to thrive and to adapt to the new new social structures, the new business structure that uh, COVID has imposed on us and that is definitely not gonna go away in the next few months. This is the new reality that we, that we are facing now.
1: Yes, I mean, unfortunately there might be, like some experts say, there will likely be more pandemics. And if we're lucky, uh, the governments will learn from their mistakes. And if we're not, they won't, and then we will have it again. So it's definitely, and also just many people are realizing that they don't need to go to work every day, for example, which is it's a big shift in mindset. And I think that will be a new like turn. Like if you think, for example, of how Netflix, uh, you know, the Netflix versus Blockbuster story where like Blockbuster thought that Netflix was only on a very tiny niche market and they didn't even want to buy Netflix. When Netflix offered Blockbuster, yeah, they wanna buy me, you know, like uh, I'm cool, buy me. Blockbuster was like, yeah, like, you know, no interest. It was just like some weird internet shit. Like no one cares about your thing. And now Blockbuster is gone and Netflix is everything. And it was even before COVID-19. It's kind of like that, but for everybody. I think it depends if we're going to be able to successfully adapt to that change. And it's really a bit of like, it's a mindset thing. It's a a huge mindset thing. Like for example, right now, the thing that strikes me is that everybody's trying to do their thing online. And for some things it works. And for some things it's really kind of futile. Like for example, my public speaking club, uh, they meet online and I hope they're not going to watch this. But I don't want to criticize them. I absolutely appreciate what they do, but online public speaking, like it doesn't work this way. And, and I guess for them, it makes some sense because generally they, they go to a workplace and they learn to speak online and that makes sense to them to also learn this competence. But for me, it's the thing I do all day. I have no interest. If I go to a public speaking club, it's to speak in public. Yeah. So some industries, it won't work for all industries, or they will have to find a way to make it work. I think, for example, if you're a public speaking club, it would be okay to have an online component. Actually, they already do because it's Toastmasters and they have a, a really big interviews, a big, big organization behind them. But you could, for example, add uh, online courses. For example, if you're a restaurant and your food is delicious, but you're closed down because of COVID-19, what can you do? You can do delivery, you can have people drive, uh, to your place, or, mm-hmm. but all of that, you know, like, is a lot of logistics. You could also create online courses to help people learn to make your food. And many people have a bit of a mindset issue here, where they think, okay, if I learn, if I teach people to do the thing that I do, then they won't want to come and buy my thing, uh, because they can do it themselves. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not true. Like, mm-hmm. the more thing, the more value I give for free, the more clients I have. It's kind of crazy how this works, because you think, If you give your best advice for free on YouTube, why would people hire you? And the answer is they hire you because first they know you and before they didn't. And they hire you because they know you're competent and before they didn't. And it's not like people can, I mean, if you make the best pizza in the world, even if you have an online course or a cookbook or something of your best pizzas, people aren't going to be able to do it as well as you. Most people won't and most people won't even be bothered to do it. They'll be like they look at the pictures like oh that looks so great let's go to that place and you know buy it or, or eat it so it's a really huge mindset shift to see the whole value you could get from being online for your existing business and of course selling courses and selling books that's also a revenue stream which is mostly passive so it's also very nice and building passive revenue streams really can help you if you have a bit of a i guess seasonal business like you know, restaurants mm-hmm. are not supposed to be seasonal, but if you have seasons in which there's a pandemic, then then suddenly your all your business has become a seasonal business. So it's good to be able yeah. to even out your income like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: hope can you could you say that?
0: Uh, it does. It does. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, can you say that? that COVID or the situation with COVID has had any financial impact on your on your business at this point? Oh
1: yes it has had a great impact I'm getting more and more clients like I mean (laughs) I feel a bit self-conscious saying that because like everyone else is struggling and I feel like I'm really a lucky bastard Uh, I'm not lucky okay I built it this way it's intentional Um, but yes I mean I do have several new clients who have told me yeah I'm on lockdown uh, I can't go anywhere. Now is the time to finally get my French done. And because they see how fast the kind of results uh, my clients have, they're like, okay, if I'm two months of lo- on lockdown and I start working with that guy, that guy here, um, I can be so much farther ahead in two months. And perhaps I'll be ahead of my competition or ahead of the persons at work or whatever. So that's definitely a huge advantage for me working online. Um, also, like my traffic numbers have increased, like my views have increased and so on just because people get interested in online stuff because there's nothing else to do. So yeah, like um, it's kind of luck because I couldn't have predicted the pandemics, but then again, it's the same situation that I had when I was at the beginning, except back then it was just me.
0: So, so it yeah, has definitely- Definitely
1: an increase, yeah.
0: Indeed, and it has definitely not been by luck as you've said, but by design.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So it is possible for anyone to thrive even in a situation like the ones where we're facing right now. And that's the message that we'd like to convey to our audience today.
1: I think so. I just, it might take a little bit of intentionality and preparation because you know it might, it's my fourth year in business. I'm not going to say that you can start an online business today and next week you're making a full-time income because you'd be either really lucky or it's because you know what you're doing, <laughs> which in which case you might not need to listen to that interview
0: which is um, not necessarily the case for many entrepreneurs. And we were, you and I were talking about this earlier um, today. Um, it, we, we, only, we can only go as, as far as our mindset and our, our experience allowed us to go. So yes. even with, with a map of all the structures and the steps, if you're not ready to understand what those structures and steps look like, for you, um, the information you're receiving is just information. It's, it doesn't necessarily translate into an action that can have an impact yes. for you.
1: Yeah, it's I definitely have seen that happen, and I'm seeing it happen also every day. I I like to work with my mindset every day because otherwise I'm just going to become stagnant. Um, yes. You like there are so many books that tell you what to do, and some of them are better than others. Uh, a great book that you can read is Chillpreneur by Denis Duffield-Thomas. I definitely uh, recommend this book. It's from last year, so it's very new, but I've already read it three times. So that's how good it is. Um, and um, this book is going basically laying out everything that you need to do to have an online business that's really chilled and that makes a lot of money. But because you read it doesn't mean that you've integrated it and then you can run with it. Uh, not the first time at least. And I've read countless books. I've taken perhaps 20 online courses uh, about business stuff, different aspects of business so far. And I'm still working on it. And I still feel like an absolute beginner every single day, even though it's been four years and I make a really nice full-time income from it. It's, you know, I could make so much more or I could just uh, have so much more. I could have a much more, I could have a much bigger email list. I could have more clients. I could have, you know, You can keep working on it every day and the mindset is really, really important and you need to keep working on it. Otherwise, you're going to stagnate or perhaps regress as, you know, different things might happen, like say a pandemic or whatever, uh, which could set you back and you need to always be adapting and seeing, okay, what can I do now? How can I apply this to myself?